0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code Irish Times at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace's European operations and customer service office is located right here in Dublin. Squarespace, build it beautiful. You're listening to the Irish Times Worldview Podcast. Welcome to Worldview from the Irish Times. I'm Dennis Staunton. The US presidential election campaign has taken not one, but two unexpected turns, with both Republicans and Democrats increasingly anxious about the viability of their party's front-runners. On the Republican side, real estate billionaire and reality TV star Donald Trump remains far ahead of his closest rival, former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. This is despite a succession of controversies that have seen Mr. Trump insult women, immigrants, a Vietnam War hero, and most of his fellow candidates and the fact that almost everyone thinks he's completely unelectable in a general election. On the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton remains far ahead of her closest rival, the veteran socialist senator Bernie Sanders. But a controversy over her use of a private email server for official messages when she was Secretary of State is dominating coverage of her campaign. And this talk now of another Democratic challenger, Vice President Joe Biden, entering the race. To discuss this turbulent political summer, I'm joined from Washington by our correspondent Simon Carswell and here in studio by the Irish Times Foreign Policy Editor, Patrick Smith. Simon, can we start with Donald Trump? He was supposed to be gone or to have imploded by now.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people felt it was a summer story that he'd uh, he'd fill up that vacuum that exists in the silly season in the summer, particularly in the American political uh, silly season, uh, but he hasn't. It's now gone, uh, coming up to Labor Day, which marks the end of the summer here in the U.S., and he's still soaring ahead in the polls Um I think, really, you can put that down to one very general thing, and also you can attribute the success and the popularity of Bernie Sanders to the same kind of feeling amongst voters, and that's this anti-establishment feeling, and both Sanders and Trump are really benefiting from that. And Trump is ahead of the other Republican contenders by about 11 points, and Sanders has really, he's been closing the gap on the Democratic front front-runner Hillary Clinton, and in one poll in New Hampshire, he's even, um, he's even passed Hillary Clinton, and New Hampshire is a key state. It's the second state to pick presidential candidates. I think Trump and Sanders are really reflecting the upset uh, amongst uh, Democrats and Republicans alike the uh, Washington political establishment. Uh, You know, many people feel that the so-called American dream isn't working for them anymore, this idea that if you work hard, you can get ahead. And they feel that that's moving out of reach for them. They feel the system is stacked against them in favor of the 1%. Uh, blue-collar manufacturing jobs, gone overseas, it's very expensive to go to college, the economic recovery that we've seen in the U.S. over the last uh, four or five years really hasn't benefited everyone and benefited in the in the main um, Wall Street. So people blame Wall Street and big uh, government in Washington for that, uh, and, and also the money in politics for these problems. So Trump is coming out, he's channeling a lot of the feelings that people feel that this game is rigged, and uh, he, all the statements that he's making uh, are very attractive Uh I was in New Hampshire last week, and I went to one town hall meeting, and I spoke to a number of people there as to why they find uh, why they uh, why Trump appeals to them. And they said the fact that he's not a politician, that he had no other agenda that, but to make, and this is his slogan, "Make American Great Again." They liked his experience, the fact that he's his own boss, and that he's using his own money. A number of people said that to me as well. They liked the fact that there's no special interest driving him; it's just him. Um, and they liked the fact that he has shown that he can create jobs that he has um and really is self-made and that he
0: can bring some of that same track record as president. Um, but, but, but Simon, Simon, some of the things he said have been very unattractive. Uh, some of his insulting remarks uh, about women, including about Megyn Kelly, the Fox News moderator of, one of the first Republican debate, uh, his, uh, his remarks about Mexican immigrants, and about Senator John McCain, uh, a Vietnam War hero. Why has none of this... Uh, none of these controversies, why have they not have any had any, any impact on his standing in the polls?
1: Well, people don't seem to be too bothered by the specifics of what he's saying. What they like about him is, is that he's saying these kind of things, that he's not speaking from a list of talking points, that he's not kind of sticking to poll-tested comments, to poll-tested ideas, and that he's speaking off the cuff. They like that. They're not getting that from any other candidate. I think the other thing that's skewing it slightly as well is, is that Trump... He's standing out amongst a group of 17 candidates. That's an extraordinary number of candidates at this stage in the Republican race. Uh, and also the fact that he's this 25 this percent support. Uh, people feel that he may not go beyond that, but he has that. So amongst a group of politicians who are largely politicians who are saying the same thing, he is standing out. So they're not terribly put out by the comments that he's making. I asked people in New Hampshire last week about those comments, and they said, oh, they're just a joke, or he was responding to Meghan Kelly uh, r- trying to get a rise from him during the debate uh, and that really that's, there's, there's not much to those comments. They've moved on. They just like the fact that this brash, outspoken businessman is really saying things that other politicians aren't saying.
0: The other case against him, Simon, uh, from uh, from his Republican rivals is that he's not really a Republican. He used to be in favour of abortion. He used to be uh, in favour of single-payer, uh, public healthcare, publicly funded healthcare. He supported the Democrats. He supported the Clintons, he praised Hillary Clinton before he started attacking her. And they're saying he's really just, he's not a real conservative and not a real Republican.
1: Well, again, the response to that is as well, you know, people have evolved, other candidates have evolved as well, particularly Hillary Clinton, uh, over the last two decades. Again, it doesn't seem to bother people. They just like the fact that he's saying the things he's saying, and he's saying it in the way he's saying it. It's more the attitude that people find appealing than the substance of the policies. And in fact, Trump hasn't really outlined any real policies aside from immigration, um, so we don't really know where he stands on a lot of things. He said kind of big bold things like he'll take jobs back from China, he'll take Iraq oil, he'll take on Iran, and he'll put boots on the ground uh, in the Middle East if if he needs to. So he, we're not really seeing. The nuts and bolts of his policies. Uh, They just like the fact that he is this brash, um, this brash uh, non-politician or anti-politician who's coming out and making these statements that others are really failing to make.
0: And meanwhile, the real, uh, actually establishment politicians in the uh, uh, in the Republican race, all these governors or former governors or senators and former senators, they simply seem to not get much of a look in. What can they actually do to stop the? The Trump juggernaut?
1: Well, this is a challenge that a lot of them are facing uh, early on because it it was viewed that Trump would burn out pretty quickly with the, some of the statements that he was making. A lot of the candidates chose not to uh, address any of the comments that he was making, but i have been forced to now because he's been uh, leading in the polls for quite some time. Uh, just today there's been reports that Bush is going to uh, start fighting back. He's going to start looking at some of the things that Trump is saying, particularly in immigration, and challenging them. Uh, Jeb Bush uh, has admitted that uh, this week that Trump is a serious candidate, so that's a change. They know now that they have to challenge him on some of the issues that he's raising and not just dismiss him as some sort of... um, uh, not uh, not uh, dismiss him or ridicule him in some of the statements that he's making. So they really have to take the fight to him now, which they have been reluctant to do up until
0: now. Paddy Smith, uh, this uh, weariness with conventional politics that Simon has been describing is uh, evidently on both sides of the Atlantic, is Trump uh, as a candidate somebody who falls into a recognisable pattern in terms of anti-establishment politics?
2: Well, I, I think I, I think very much so. But I, I think you have to be very careful to say that that because he, if you like, uh, is a phenomenon that could be compared to Jeremy Corbyn's success in in uh, British politics, or. Cyprus's success in in Greece uh, doesn't mean that their politics are, are remotely connected. Every country is producing its own very specific kind of of uh, populist. Is the wrong word. I, I, I accept that because it has a, a sort of connotation of being for the poor and and, and the like. But it is a, a demagogue uh, who who manages through. Attitude as much as policy to to capture uh, a disenCHANTed and alienated vote. And well, we've seen some
0: of those in Europe on the right. We've seen Berlusconi, who's uh, in, on the centre right. We've seen Geert Wilders in Holland. We've seen Le, uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen and his daughter. We've seen uh, Jörg Haider a few years ago in Austria. Does he fall into that category?
2: Uh, I think he's certainly closer to those. And and um, the the interesting thing is is that. All of them have tended to have supporters who um, uh, can be pretty far right in, in in many ways but are really not preoccupied with with what their their candidates is saying it 's simply that he is shaking his fist at the at the system and and at the at the elite. The other side of this is is a problem because um like some of those candidates indeed uh, um, Trump is also hated more than than uh, uh, other candidates in the in the, um, the Republican fold. It's not likely for example that when a lot of the 17 begin to fall out of the race that their votes are going to transfer uh, to to Trump. So he he may well have plateaued. It it's an alarming at an alarming point from from the Republicans point of view. He still may may be un, unbeatable, but it's quite possible because a lot of people act- actively dislike him. Um, uh, as well as uh, a lot of people supporting him. In the meantime,
0: though, how much damage could he actually do to the Republicans' chances in
2: the general election, even if, as you expect, he won't be the nominee? Well, again, I just should add that he may not be the, the, the Republican nominee, but he may decide to run as an independent, uh, which is a real nightmare prospect for, for, for the Republicans. First they have to beat him in the Republican contest, and then they may have to beat him again in, in, in the general uh, election. The, the, the problem is that he he would split the, the uh the vote on the, on the conservative side of of, of politics um, as a candidate, he will undoubtedly alienate huge sections of very crucial votes, most notably I suppose the hispanics but there are other groups uh, for example like like evangelicals who uh, are are really a bit wary of of Mr. Trump and his multiple marriages and his attitude to uh, um, ethical issues that that um, uh, are Mean that if he was the Republican candidate, he he wouldn't necessarily garner support. I think, from a Democratic point of view, it would be uh, it would be the ideal thing is to have him in there. Uh, as a
0: third-party candidate?
2: Well, either as a candidate or, or, or as a Republican candidate or as a third-party candidate. Uh, Simon, before we move on to the Democrats, uh, d- traditionally
0: in the Republican Party, you kind of have two primaries before you have the main primary. So there's the, the primary to become the establishment candidate, that was Mitt Romney last time, and the uh, the primary to become the, the standard-bearer of the more radical grassroots party. If uh, Trump, presumably is running for the, uh, for the radical side of this primary, who are the other likely candidates uh, to, who, are, who are likely to triumph in these kind of dual internal primaries?
1: Well, in the uh, establishment race, uh, Jeb Bush uh, had been expected to be the presumptive nominee in that area, um, and he's been challenged in that area. One person that's really been watched closely is John Kasich. he's the uh, Ohio governor. Um, he's come up in the polls, particularly in New Hampshire, the second state to pick candidates, and he's uh, he's one to watch as a potential establishment candidate. Ohio is a critical state, given that it's a swing state in the general election. So he's seen as someone who could do very well both. Uh, in the primary race as well as in the general election. Scott Walker had been viewed as somebody who was on the conservative end, also the popular with evangelicals, but that he could cross over into the establishment end and into the moderate. He could attract a lot of voters in that area. But he's fallen off quite a bit in Iowa. He had a very flat, performance in the first Republican debate on August 6th. So he's fallen away um, a little bit. So, again, most in the moderate end, um, you're seeing Bush, Kasich and Walker. Um, It's interesting to note that the anti-establishment wave is not just benefiting Trump. In the last few weeks, the increase in uh, votes and support in the polls for Ben Carson and also for Carly Fiorina, uh, the former uh, um, and Packard, chief executive, both. And non-politicians, their support has risen as well, as has support for the freshman senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, who's very anti-establishment, uh, very um, aggressive, with uh, and has attacked career politicians in Washington. His poll numbers have risen as well. So again, you're going to see then challenge uh, challenge for uh, the nomination. Cruz is, has not has chosen not to attack Trump, and he's been seen as uh, li- lining himself so that he will would take up Trump's supporters should something happen to him and he falls out of the race or that he uh, is, is, um, is 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 uh, seen as an independent candidate I think Cruz could certainly take up some of the support that he has um, just going back to a point that Patty made in terms of the, uh, the where the primary race is at the moment I mean it, it's worth stressing that uh, the on the flanks of both parties, the supporters, uh, the, the kind of grassroots, the diehard supporters, both on the Democratic side and the Republican side, tend to dominate this early-stage race, and they're the ones who can really support and organize and mobilize. So you're going to see support for the likes of Trump and some of the more conservative candidates on the right uh, come, come to the fore at this time, as well as on the left with Sanders, and which is why he's doing so well in the polls and has closed some of the gap with Hillary Clinton.
0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start your free trial site today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Irish Times to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Let's move on to the Democrats, Simon. And Hillary Clinton was, until pretty recently, regarded as the runaway favourite to uh, become the Democratic nominee. And she's still the front runner and still the favourite to be uh, the candidate for the Democrats. But she's been facing some choppy waters. What's been going on?
1: Well, the controversy that's plaguing Hillary Clinton at the moment is around her use of a private email address when she was conducting official government business as President Obama's first Secretary of State. Um, and she has said that she used a private email address because she wanted, she thought it would be more convenient uh, to have one device rather than two. And uh, this has caused some controversy. She's potentially broken federal regulations. She's insisted that more than 30,000 emails she took from her server and turned over to the government. She said that every single... Uh, one of those emails uh, is work-related and nothing else on it, and she said that uh, none of the information that was in those emails was classified information or deemed to be top secret. Now, that's been contradicted by inspectors from the State Department and also from intelligence agencies, where they've said that there may have been top secret surveillance data on more than 300 emails on the private server that was held at her home in Chappaqua up in New York. Um, so it's really caused a lot of problems for... For Hillary Clinton, less so about the reaction, less so uh, about the controversy itself, but more about her reaction to the controversy. Uh, it's really become a story on the campaign trail in recent weeks. She's really dismissed it as something of a nuisance, uh, saying that reporters and not voters are the only ones who have been asking questions about it. But. That shows some level of miscalculation on her part. She's appeared evasive and flippant when asking questions about it. She even went as far as to make a joke about it at one campaign event where she would said she'd signed up for Snapchat. This is the social media video messaging service. And she joked that the uh, messages automatically disappear or delete themselves after being viewed. And that really was showed kind of an, that she was being tone deaf on the, on the controversy because the joke itself didn't go down well even amongst her own supporters.
0: In terms, of the, Simon, of the substance of the thing, do you think that this actually is an enduring threat to her campaign? Do you think that the investigations or the questions, the investigations by, for example, the FBI that you mentioned, do you think that those could really cause her damage?
1: I think they could. I think also how she responds to that will cause her damage. If she has this approach, which appears at the moment to be this kind of trust-me defense, everything's fine, I did nothing wrong, uh, you should take my word for it. Um, really, poll numbers have shown that people don't trust her, um, and that there was a poll recently done by Quinnipiac, the University of Connecticut, and they said that only 37% of Americans consider her honest and trustworthy, and that compares to more than 50% for the likes of Jeb Bush. So people don't trust her. So to have a defense to say everything's fine. I know what I'm talking about. I did nothing wrong. You can trust me. That defense is really weak uh, and she really needs to take the controversy a lot more seriously than she's taking it.
0: Well, if you look at the Democratic field, there are four other candidates in the field. There's uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who you mentioned, who's uh, a veteran socialist um, and he was uh, initially not a member of the Democratic Party at all. He caucuses with the Democrats in the Senate. Then you've got former uh, Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley, You've got uh, former Virginia Senator uh, Jim Webb, and you've got Lincoln Chafee, uh, former uh, Republican uh, congressman who has uh, become a Democrat. Now, uh, the final three, those are the last three, O'Malley and Chafee and Webb, they're not figuring at all in the polls. How much of a threat to Hillary Clinton is Bernie Sanders? <laughs>
1: as being a threat in the primary race, mainly because it will force Hillary Clinton to change uh, conversation on certain policy issues. It'll it'll draw her further to the left and further away from uh, her Longtime supporters in Wall Street, for example, and also make life more difficult for her should she win the Democratic nomination in the general election, because she's been pulled so far from the center. Uh, the difficulty for the Democrat, Democrats is that it's, uh, unlike the Republicans, where there's too many alternatives, is that there's not enough alternatives. and certainly not one viable alternative if this controversy around the emails continues to plague Hillary Clinton and damages her as a potential candidate, more so in the general election than in the primary. Um, you you're seeing uh, a lot of talk over the summer about, well, what if she does stumble? And what if uh, there needs to be another candidate in the race? And you know, there's been even some speculation over the summer that uh, former Vice presidential Candid- uh, vice President Al Gore and presidential candidate might uh, resurface, but that was quickly dismissed. So a lot of speculation in recent days that Vice President Joe Biden will enter the race. He's still polling uh, quite well, but nowhere near uh, where Hillary Clinton is. Um, and much was made of a meeting on Saturday between Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, the Massachusetts senator, who's really electrified the uh, grassroots left in the Democratic Party, and they were that was leading to speculation that will Biden um, run? Will he throw his name in the hat? Um, he has said that he will make a decision by the end of the summer, which is expected in the coming uh, week or so, that we'll hear something from the Biden campus to whether he's running or not. The difficulty for Biden is is that he's left it too late. Um, a lot of the supporters' that were backing um, Elizabeth Warren have now moved their allegiances to Bernie Sanders. And also the difficulty for Biden is, is that he's much the same kind of candidate as Hillary Clinton. He, uh, he's not far enough to the left. He's not liberal enough for, um, the, for the supporters of Elizabeth Warren on the left. So he's really got a difficulty at trying to sell himself as a viable candidate. And then there's the issue of his age as well. Uh, at 72, uh, he's older than Hillary Clinton. So the alternatives to Hillary uh, are older than her and the uh, the ones that are younger are really not figuring in the polls at all. Uh,
0: Petty Smith, uh, Joe Biden also has the difficulty that he ran for president twice before and he was a disastrous candidate on both occasions. He ran for the 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 1988 nomination and his candidacy imploded when he uh, used some, he lifted some lines from a a speech by Neil Kinnock. And then in uh, 2008, he uh, less than one percent in the Iowa caucuses and uh, dropped out after that uh, could he possibly be the answer to well I my
2: my feeling is is very much what what Simon said that that, that he's the safety net candidate that he's if he's being if he's entering the field uh, it will be just so that if for, for some reason Hillary goes down in a blaze of glory she, that there's somebody there other than Bernie Sanders who who could be a respectable um Democratic candidate for, for, for the presidency. Uh, and I, I think he shouldn't really be seen in, in any other light than that. I think there's a certain amount of affection for Joe Biden. And, and Obama, for example, talked about him as his uh, favorite, uh, his, his most um, successful decision ever was appointing him, which is a load of hokum. It's... Uh, it's um, uh, uh, that, that, that it is really an affectionate thing rather than, uh,
0: but a what about the, case. the threat to uh, to Hillary Clinton, uh, regardless of the substance of these allegations uh, and and this whole business, which seems quite confusing about what was classified, when when it was classified, doesn't this feed into a perception of Hillary Clinton that she's secretive, that she's
2: paranoid, that she's Nixonian? it it feeds into those who already believe that and i think that that's where, what what uh, is happening mainly at the moment is that those who are determined to believe that that she is uh, all of those things uh, are are using the the email controversy and it, it has to be said that as i understand it so far no piece of classified secret material has been discovered in her in her emails that was classified at the time she put it in uh, which is sort of quite important in, in in the overall argument i i think the argument will will drag on because republicans have an interest in and and it's it's significant that they don't have another argument uh, that it is uh, all all the previous battles with with hillary about whitewater and things like that have, have seemed to have disappeared from the from the stage and this is all they have uh, and, and and it will play with with those who want to believe them Finally, Simon, if we
0: look at the state of the two races, both parties have their troubles. uh, But which of them do you think is facing uh, a more ominous prospect as they head into the autumn and the last three months before the primary season starts?
1: think the Republicans definitely have a difficulty. Um, Trump is deeply damaging to the Republican brand with Hispanics and other minority groups. Uh, the Republican establishment had hoped for a fast, quick, pain-free uh, primary so that they would have to have a nominee at the end of the primary race who would not be so damaged by that race that they could actually put up a viable contest in the general election. And they're not getting that. I mean, it's going to drag on now. There's a possibility, you know, they, they talk about three tickets out of Iowa. There's a possibility that after the first caucus in the country, there may not be a clear, uh, outright um, nominee, uh, or even three nominees to that, that might potentially uh, win win the Republican ticket. So I think there are real difficulties, and the Republicans recognise that they need Hispanics and they need minorities if they're going to retake the White House and prevent a third, the Democratic term. Obama took 71% of the Hispanic vote, and it helped him to beat Mitt Romney. And we remember Mitt Romney proposed a system of self-deportation for 11 million illegal immigrants, which is deeply damaging. So I'd say that Trump has even gone further in terms of how damaging it is. There's a Gallup poll this week which showed that um, Trump had a negative 51% favorability rating amongst Hispanics compared to Jeb Bush, who was a positive 11%, which shows that they have real difficulties with Hispanic voters. And another poll on this week showed that most Republicans believe the party would have a better chance of winning the presidency if Trump wasn't a candidate. And the fact that he's polling so high in in, in the race at this stage, in the primary stakes, uh, is a real difficulty for the Republicans, and they really need to challenge that message if they have any hope of um, of retaking the White
0: House. Simon Carswell in Washington and Patrick Smith here in Dublin, thank you. And that's all from this edition of Worldview. You can find more on all our stories at irishtimes.com. But from producer Sinead O'Shea, sound engineer JJ Vernon, and from me, Dennis Staunton, goodbye.